So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. What are you talking about anyway, Joe Biden? 65 days in. And the President of the United States gives his first what they call formal, formal press conference. And now we know why they called it formal. Those seats, 40 foot apart, right? A list of reporters and the questions that he's supposed to take. In advance, he has this. And about 20 minutes in, he starts gasping for breath, gibbering on. Uh, Anyway, uh, it's incredibly disturbing, deeply disturbing. It's not funny. Welcome to another episode of The National Pulse. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of thenationalpulse.com, coming to you live from a cloudy Capitol Hill. It's Thursday, March the 25th, the year of our Lord, 2021. And let's spend a few minutes talking about Joe Biden and his press conference today. A... uh, I was really hoping, really, really hoping that I could sit here with you today and play through the co- uh, conference in two times speed and do a breakdown analysis of every bit, you know, detail on policy and, you know, really get into the, the philosophical undergirdings of what Joe Biden set up there. But you can't really do that when all the president seems to have said, or at least this is how it came across to me, was the equivalent of... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? I mean, it was just... It was just... That was really fun to do, by the way. It was just nonsense. It was gibberish. There were a few, a few moments of cogency up there from Joe Biden, but not on anything particular, not on policy, but there were just a few moments where he sort of got angry and his voice sounded like the old Joe Biden and the sentences were properly formulated, but those were few and far between. The most of the thing, the most of the thing today was just him giving these kind of long, wending, filibusterish answers to pre-prepared set questions that were pretty pretty toothless actually and we kind of got a heads up that that's how it was going to be right politico this morning the politico playbook which by the way you can all subscribe to i mean i'm afraid of sending you over to politico lest they charm you with their high resolution gifs <laughs> but it's worth it's it's the itching for for reporters and politicos in Washington DC. Everybody reads that Politico playbook in the morning to get an idea of what's happening when in the day and what people are thinking and how the day's going to play out. I mean, most of Washington DC is prescripted like that. There's a lot of kayfabe, right? But Politico this morning Annie Carney New York Times goes gives on the record comments to Politico detailing how some of the questions, if not all of the questions that Joe Biden was going to be asked this afternoon, were going to be softball questions. And sure enough, 
That's what we saw. Now, I want to bring into the conversation here, um, a lot of you will know that the National Pulse is is people-funded, people-powered. Um, it is, we do not take any money from millionaires, billionaires, uh, no corporate money, any of that. We have a part of our website, which is just the nationalpulse.com forward slash support, where people can go and and support our work. And in exchange, they get a, uh, you know, there are some nice little trinkets, a signed copy of my book and some bumper stickers and, and, and whatnot, a hat, right, whatever. This is nice, nice stuff to get. But the most important part of the membership is the live Discord chat channel that we have where just hundreds of patriots are every day chatting amongst ourselves and i have to be honest with you i learn as much in there as 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 i think i teach in there right uh and it's just an incredible resource for us it's incredible uh community to be a part of and i want to bring into the conversation here today for the first time uh one of our members from the discord chat channel his name is david i want to see if we can bring david in dave can you hear me yes sir i can it's an honor and a privilege to speak with you today sir there is no need for formality. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for supper. Right. Uh, David or Dave? David is fine. David, your thoughts on your president's presser today? Uh, I I thought the questions were absolutely uh, sad. Uh, just some notes I made. Decent moral person. Uh, calling Trump voters white supremacists, mm. uh, Mr. Biden walking away from the podium at the end. Uh, uh, he's flattered that we have people coming across the border. Because <laughs> he's, a nice, he's a nice guy. Right. You know, it's sad. So let's talk about let's break let's break some of those things down. Um, break them down with me. You, you wrote down the 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 moral thing first. You know, Joe Biden spent a lot of his time up there today, reiterating the fact that he's a good guy. Whether or not he believes that's why people are coming over the border or whatever. I mean, I think frankly that whole thing is a distraction. It's a red herring in the conversation. Nobody cares uh, necessarily. You know what 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 people think of Joe Biden. They think about his policies and he had signaled ahead of the election that people were to surge the border he said that surge the border on day one so what is this what is this moral thing because this kept coming up so is he trying to to you know inception america to to be thinking at all times whether i whether i agree with his policies or not david he's a good guy i personally i think this is simple uh propaganda i uh, i think Everything was scripted. He was looking off his notes, and uh, it came across to me as being a dodge and a weave from the invasion that's occurring at the southern border right now, and it's quite tragic, actually. I think it is quite tragic. Um, the rest of the the rest of the presser seemed to be, you know, relatively predictable. There was one moment, uh, and, and I'm, you know, we're recording this immediately after the press conference for people uh, who are listening to it later on or tomorrow, or whatever. So I'm still waiting for a couple of the clips even to get uploaded um, so that we can play them over the course of this uh, over the course of this podcast. But but there was there was a moment where he was asked, you know, if 
do you believe that Jim Crow was, a, or, or rather the filibuster and all this stuff is a throwback to Jim Crow and so on and so forth? And he answered yes. And then he was asked, well, if, if you believe that, why have you never worked to, to abolish it? And David, there was this sort of 30 second gap where I think Joe Biden realized he had put himself in a very uncomfortable position and kind of pivoted away. And in that moment, I was actually impressed that he didn't just walk off because you saw this panic. I don't know if you you watched it or you just listened to it but you saw this panic oh, watched, yeah. yeah this panic flash across his face but he had that moment tell me about the end because you mentioned the end there david and i think the end was really important is really stark there were points of uh, uh, across that press conference where all you could really hear was <sighs> and that was yeah. him kind of struggling to breathe um uh, you know, he'd clear. I don't know whether they're, they're 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 pumping him full of drugs before he gets out there, but at some point in that thing, he's struggling, and then very abruptly at the end, he goes, "Hey guys, I'm going," and just walks off. Yeah, yeah that's to me that's very impulsive behavior. I don't know. I don't. I'm not his doctor. I don't know what his medical diagnosis is, but he certainly exhibits uh, impulsivity and and uh, maybe vascular dementia, but. When you, in reference to the filibuster, he mentioned something to the effect that the filibuster that existed when he came to the Senate 120 years ago or something. <laughs> I, and I almost fell out of my chair when he said that. He did say that. He did say that. And I was like, what? Hang on, let me see. Let me see if I, I can. Let me see if I can play this. Like let me see if I can play this clip here um, for I people came so to they the can hear it. United States Senate 120 years ago. Um, <laughs> and that is that. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> David, um, let me ask you this just before we let you go, and I'm really grateful for your time sure. and you joining us and you're making time. C can I ask you this? Should people sign up and support the National Pulse? Absolutely. This is one of the finest real news websites that there is. Uh, I think people across the United States and around the world, it's really important right now with the incredible amount of censorship that's ongoing that we reach out and support sites like the national pulse and people that they have there because their reporting is first rate top notch. And, uh, the not Raheem Kassam is, is exceptional at what he does, especially, uh, in his writing and also on the, uh, on the war room. They're just fantastic. So, uh, it's a, it's a, something that everybody should uh, that you know you David, don't have to give a lot. But David, how how much how much uh, heads up did I did I give you of, of this of coming like on? Twenty seconds. And did we did we discuss it in advance at all? Did did I not did I, did I not, plant a question a, with you? No, sir. Not a single one. This is not scripted in any way. Uh, I just happened to be sitting at my desk at lunch. Uh, because I wanted to see this press conference. I've been waiting 65 some odd days for this. And so I took time away from patients to see this. And so I happened to see the Discord chat, and I was like, yes, I will do that. And so it was a real uh, – I, I jumped at the opportunity. I didn't know that it was actually going to happen, so – you I were, feel you very were, privileged. You were the first to reply, first come, first served, and and I'm uh, 
grateful for you being on here. You raised some amazing points about the press conference. I'm incredibly grateful for your for your support, David. Uh, it means the world to us uh, that you that you went to the website and clicked that support button and 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 you know uh, helped us grow this. Like you know, as I as I always say, you know, we do real news and investigations. There's very little else that we do. You know, we have our fun sometimes, but predominantly, what Natalie Winters and I work on is just real news and investigations day on day on day and david that's because of people like you you give us the ability to do that so i'm super grateful um i know we've got our our own private chat to have at some other point in time we'll make sure that that all gets set up uh, and you'll get all your swag as well but thank you for being with us here today david this is a this made my day more than anything sir and uh i wish you and uh uh, natalie does a fantastic job as well thank you very much very much. Thank you, David. Speak soon. So, Cheers, all man. the best to you and family. Thank you, Rain. Yes. Regards. Right. What a nice chap. What a nice chap. No, seriously, that is what actually happened. I just typed into our private chat channel, hey, who wants to join me on the podcast today? And David was the first to say, oh, I'll do it. And, you know, I've got no idea who David is, really. there's We've got hundreds and hundreds of members in there. Uh, I don't get to know all of them personally in detail. And, um, you know, he, he I said it could have been a disaster. <laughs> but I always, I always operate on the basis. Firstly, always try and see the best in people. Always believe that people are good in their hearts. Um, and you give, I think you give people you know ordinary people a a chance and a a a platform and you know 99 times out of 100 it's that old buckley quote right it's the first 500 people in the phone book rather than the first 500 faculty at harvard or whatever it is and and that's what i experience all the time with our audience at the national pulse just just not just good-hearted americans patriots also other from other countries by the way uh not trying to not trying to discriminate either way but um They'll always, and it was Bannon that always taught me this, right? Back on the old Breitbart radio show. Because he would introduce what I thought of was rather complex ideas, philosophical ideas, policy ideas, um, international news. And, and I was always say to him, like, okay, dude, this is a show whose predominant listenership is truckers, right? I'm not kidding. It, it, because of the satellite radio stuff, it was truckers. And he just looks at me and he goes, look, if you raise the bar a little bit above them, not too much, but a little bit above them, people will necessarily gravitate towards it and reach up and grab it. And isn't that true for all of us, right, in in, in kind of everything? If the bar's too high, or if we perceive that it's too high, if somebody's talking way down to us, um, or, or you perceive somebody as like hyper, hyper intelligent more so than you are, then you kind of give up, you look at it and you give up. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I do. <laughs> I look at it and I go, Ooh, I, I don't know about that. Um, I don't want to come off sounding stupid or anything. Um, but, but, if you, but if you position it right above... And, and the, you know, I, I experience this with myself every day. If you position it right above my head, I will naturally gravitate towards it and reach up and grab it. And I think that's, that's the conservative audience writ large across the Western world, is we are, we are those sorts of people who we're not, we're not lowest common denominator and we're not, you know, simplify everything for us. We are, we are please give me that little bit more of information. Let me a little bit more in. Um, give us some more detail. Give us some more investigations. And I think that's why, I think that's why the pulse works as a, uh, as a concept. Look, let's go back to Joe Biden and his, uh, I think, I think disaster of a press conference today. Really, really quite sad um, of a press conference today. 
Um, we have to wait 65 days. And I don't know if we're going to have to wait another 65. But we, what we heard today was just a, a lesser Gen Saki presser. It was. It really was. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a mean girl to, to Joe Biden, but it was, it was worse than listening to Jen Psaki, which I, I didn't necessarily think was possible. But Jen Psaki's up there and she gives the same responses, the same things over and over again. And Joe Biden just did that, that exact same thing himself. He spent, uh, let me load up here for you. I'll load up some of my some of my tweets just to drive the people who think I should leave Twitter nuts. I'll load up some of my tweets here, okay? Look, you always start on your 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 strongest foot. It just so happens that Joe Biden's strongest foot and this isn't a stairs stairs joke. I'm not making a stairs joke. It just so happens that Joe Biden's strongest foot is actually the Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed. Right, it's the vaccines, and you know whatever you think about vaccines, and specifically this vaccine or the or the um, you know the RNA, the mRNA uh, therapy, right? But just park that for a second. Let's let's think about what he's doing in this press conference. He starts off by going, "Hey, in my first sixty-five days, we got a hundred million shots in the arms of Americans." You start off on your strong foot, right? Fine. <laughs> the problem with that is that process was started yeah, towards the end of last year by a different president. Okay? I mean, everybody knows that. I don't think that's under dispute. So he starts off and he goes, oh, and, and by the way, we're going to now double. We're going to go to 200 million by 100 days in. Okay, fine. I mean, if you've got, you got 100 million in just over 50 days, it yeah, sure. Like, just what your 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 great aspiration is. We are going to carry on the trajectory that we have been on. Okay, cool. Setting the bar high. But interestingly, at the end of that little um part, the little intro of his presser, he says, "No other country has come close." And you know that if President Trump because he did do that a lot, right? Little, little embellishments and a bit, a bit of braggadocious, you know, claims up at the press podium. But you know that if that was President Trump saying those things, the media, you know, fact check, four Pinocchios, Trump didn't do this, they would have been screaming in that press conference, nah, you can't say that. But the fact of the matter is the total number of vaccination doses administered per 100 people in the total population, the graph itself shows that Israel is way over, way over where the United States is. And nearly, nearly triple, I think, where the United States is. Then the United Arab Emirates. Then I think it's Chile. Then the United Kingdom. I think Bahrain is there next. And then you get to the United States. And then Serbia, Hungary, other places. So don't tell me no other no other country has come close. Lots of countries have come close, and several countries have surpassed what the Biden regime has done, despite having all of the groundwork laid for them. Right? So that's the first thing. 
The second thing I noticed is that he was complaining, he was bemoaning the behavior of Republicans. He said Republicans need to, and the reason I'm recollecting this off the top of my head for you is, as I say, I'm recording this immediately after the thing. There aren't, the clips aren't, you know, freely available out there yet. So forgive me for, for putting on my, my, my best Joe Biden impersonation, which I can't do one. I could do a pretty good Barack Obama one, which I did on the, uh, on, what was it? Which episode was it? It was the, um, the media radicalizing the Boulder shooter. If you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it just for my Barack Obama impression. But Biden complained today. He bemoaned the fact that Republicans weren't caving and kowtowing to him. He said, well, if, you know, if they don't want to come to the table and they want to, don't want to help us do anything, then, you know, there's something they have to wear on their conscience. Do I need to remind you that they literally marched, I think it was like half a million people with their pink hats on when President Trump was first elected. And the Democrats had nothing to do with any Trump-era policies. They wanted nothing to do with helping the President of the United States implement his policy agenda. In fact, they placed people in government, people that they had either had there already or never Trumpers that they got their talons into, they placed people in there in order to stymie. Imagine imagine that happened today, where you found out that secret Republicans were working in the Biden government. The media would have a fit. They would say, this is a bureaucratic insurrection. I'm a genius. That's exactly what they'd say. They would call it a bureaucratic insurrection. But that's what you had under Trump. And now Biden has the audacity to stand up there and say, why won't they help us? Why won't they do what we want them to do? The next claim that stood out to me was Joe Biden claiming that there has been a surge year on year on year at the border and that the surge that's occurring right now is nothing to do with him, nothing new, business as usual on the US southern border. And we know that's not true and we know it's not true, not least because the media recognizes it and the media never wants to recognize anything, anything that confirm right wing narratives, right? But even they have to admit that this is this is wild. It's crazy. It's absurd. And the data, I, I tweeted some of the data to prove this point. There was a surge last year, but that was after Biden said, hey, when I'm president, you should surge the border. So guess what people are going to do? They're going to go, all right, well, we should go now. Let's line up. Let's get to the front of the queue. And then it went down over the course of the year and then, boom, straight back up after January 20th. Really straight back up after about November the 5th or 6th, maybe a little bit after that. A a, a nine-year-old, I'm going to send him on a thousand-mile journey across the desert and up to the United States because I know Joe Biden's a nice guy and he'll take care of him. What a desperate act. What a desperate act. What a desperate excuse. What a desperate man. I cannot, cannot understand how reporters in that room are so (sighs) duplicitous. They know he's lying and they won't 
talk back to him. They won't ask him any difficult questions. Okay, so the di- most difficult question I think that was asked was, are reporters going to be allowed into migrant detention facilities at the border? Something about transparency. And Biden got angry. I mean, he really got angry when he was asked this question. Let me see if I can get the clip for you right here. I love doing all this live. It just makes it much more fun. Let me see if I can do this. Obviously been allowed to be inside one, but we haven't seen the facilities in which children are packed together to really give the American people a chance to see that. Will you commit to transparency on this issue? I will commit to transparency. And as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now, and one of the reasons I haven't gone down, I have all my my chief folks have gone down, is I don't want to become the issue. I don't want to be, you know, bringing all the Secret Service and everybody with me to get in the way. So this is being set up, and you'll have full access to everything once we get this thing moving. Okay. And just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know. To be clear. <laughs> I don't know. To be clear. Yeah. So the answer, the question was, you know, when are we going to be allowed into the, your detention facilities in the interest of transparency? And the reply was, I, I will, I will be transparent. You just watch me. I will be. Oh, right. When are you going to be then? I don't know, to be clear. <laughs> to be transparent. I don't know when I'm going to be transparent. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Come on. It's absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. And did you notice? Did you notice? That every so often he would just gibber on and lose his train of thought, and then it would end up... Uh, anyway. Anyway. There are a bunch of bizarre moments. In fact, I think maybe designed that way so that we couldn't focus on any one particular bizarre moment but this was this was one of my favorites okay let's let me let me let me play this one for you because this i don't know made no sense at all outside this white house i'm not talking about the the elected officials i'm talking about voters voters and so i'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do. And it cannot be sustained. Jim Eagle. You know, you know for a fact that Mrs. Plane of the Day. I can, I'll circle back. You know, more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's Jen Psaki um, wrote that I'll line for him. Back. You absolutely know she did. Oh, you've got to go up there. And you, you, what you do is you say, oh, this isn't Jim Crow. This is Jim Eagle. God, if I had come up with that line when I was working for Nigel Farage, I would have been fired on the spot. On the spot. Jim Eagle. And maybe Joe Biden isn't the best person to be talking about Jim Crow. You know, with the with the grand cyclops, whatever whatever his buddy was in the KKK. Biden, who's been in the Senate for how many decades? Four, five? According to him, twelve. 
but didn't do anything about all of the Jim Eagle stuff that was going on at the time. I think he even got called out on that. And I think it may have even been that ghastly, ghastly Caitlin Collins woman. I really, really want to find that clip for you because it was, it was, it was so good, so awkward that I'm, I'm going to find it throughout the course of the show. Somehow I'm going to keep talking to you and find this clip of him being asked, hey, listen, if you were, if you think these, the, these things were, filibuster was part of Jim Crow, why didn't you do anything to oppose it the whole time? Oh, here we go. I've got it. Oh, I'm getting really good at this. <laughs> Caitlin? Thank you very much, Mr. President. I have a question for you, but first, I'd like to follow up on a question from Yamish, and that's on the filibuster. That counts as a question, but go ahead. Okay, I'll make it quick. It's a no, quick no, question. You can. Uh, regarding the filibuster, at John Lewis's funeral, President Barack Obama said he believed the filibuster was a relic of the Jim Crow era. Do you agree? Yes. If not, why not abolish it if it's a relic of the Jim Crow era? Successful electoral politics is the art of the possible. Let's figure out how we can get this done and move in the direction of significantly changing the abuse of even the filibuster rule first. It's been abused from the time it came into being by an extreme way in the last 20 years. Let's deal with the abuse first. Okay, there weren't actually crickets. I played those crickets in there, and maybe maybe I kind of ruined the silence with them. But it was silence, and then he just totally, totally didn't answer the question. Should we do it again? Shall we do, let's do it again with the silence in there, because I, I want you to hear the question and hear the answer. It ha- they had nothing to do with one another. Caitlin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the question, thing. but go ahead. Okay, I'll make it quick. It's a no, quick no, question. No, no, you can uh, regarding the filibuster, at John Lewis's funeral, President Barack Obama said he believed the filibuster was a relic of the Jim Crow era. Do you agree? Yes. If not, why not abolish it if it's a relic of the Jim Crow era? Successful electoral politics is the art of the possible. <laughs> what? Yeah, and it was better with the sardines than with the crickets. Sorry, that was me trying to be too clever, too funny, and it wasn't funny at all. Um, silence, and then back to the stump, back to the stump. Think, Biden, think. Come on, Joe. Come on, Robinette. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to be said. I see Peter Ducey's trending right now, I guess because he didn't get to ask a, a question. Let's hear what Peter Ducey had to say. I think he was in the room and didn't actually get to uh, to to answer a question. Let's let's hear. This is a this is coming out live right now, so it could be uh, it could be interesting. It could be obviously awful. we want to get Dana's thoughts on how he did. Uh, you know, by virtue of her former position, uh, she would have been counseling the president before he comes out, and as well Shannon Bream. But first of all, let's go to Peter Ducey, who's fresh out of the news conference. Peter, we mentioned that he took questions from ten people. You. And Fox News, not among them. 
That's right. And I mentioned last night uh, on Special Report that I had a binder full of questions. I think some people were kidding. I was not kidding. We <laughs> had a lot. And most of this stuff did not get to. For example, nobody ever asked him about this big plan that he's got, this big idea to completely transform the economy mm. uh, to make it all green. That Bingo. was something that we were hoping to get on the board with. And there really were not a lot of questions about COVID, particularly the investigation into the origins of it. That is obviously something that he spends a lot of time focusing on ways to move away from. But there is very little looking back at the origins of COVID. So we uh, did not get on the board with that. Nobody else asked about that. And to Chris's observation, I can tell, I can add to it that in the room, there were some aides, including Kate Bedingfield, the communications director, and Jen Psaki, the press secretary. They were monitoring what he was saying. Uh, it looked like they were checking their phones to get the instant reaction. But while he was up there, he was pretty much on his own. Usually uh, at the last few of these, and the last one that I can think of like this would have been in Wilmington, they had an aide off to the side with the list of reporters to call on. Today it was Biden with the list. And once they got through about an hour and 20 minutes, uh, he was done. I'm not sure if that was the end of the list. If we were on it, he did not make it down that far. Back to you. Peter, I said bingo because uh, there was talk about uh, not enough jobs for the American people. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, all these questions that are very important, you know, perhaps what do you think of um, the, the recall in California? What's going on with Andrew Cuomo? Do you believe his accusers? What about the deaths in the nursing homes? Um, what is going on with the WHO investigation? Why would you commit U.S. taxpayer money to the WHO when Peter Daszak, who's in head of the investigation, is quite clearly linked and has taken money from the Chinese Communist Party? No, instead, we got those softball questions from the reporter class in Washington, D.C. They're just not very good, are they? I mean, I probably... I wouldn't even go there. <laughs> I was going to say I could do more than they do in my sleep. Um, but I think I already do. And speaking of which, I want to run you through a couple of stories uh, quickly that are up on the nationalpulse.com right now, which hopefully you will agree with are so good that if you haven't already, you'll want to sign up at fundrealnews.com to support us. Uh, in case you're wondering, fundrealnews.com goes straight to the other site I mentioned, the nationalpulse.com forward slash support. They're the same thing. I just set up a vanity URL, fundrealnews.com, to make it a bit easier and self-explanatory, quite frankly. So the WHO's lead investigator, Peter Daszak, who we've talked about before, we did an entire podcast about him. Well, it turns out he's um, he's actually authored over 20 studies that have been either funded by or are linked directly to the Chinese Communist Party. We have that story. It's up as the lead on the nationalpulse.com right now. Um, it is it is phenomenal. Natalie Winters has done a, an amazing job going through all of these reports, listing them out, finding out who funded them. I'm going to give you a little bit of I'll give you a little bit of uh, uh, stuff from the story here. One study entitled "Joint China U.S. Call for Employing a Transdisciplinary Approach to Emerging Infectious Diseases" lists 
affiliation with researchers from seven China-based state-run institutes, including Second Military Medical University and Academy of Military Medical Sciences. Both of those schools are under the jurisdiction of China's People's Liberation Army. The chief investigator for the World Health Organization has openly, openly collaborated with the People's Liberation Army. And Joe Biden doesn't get asked a question about that. He gets asked about Jim Eagle, right? And let's talk for a minute about this Hunter Biden story that we uh, we have up on the breaking section as well. A bunch of other sites I know are reporting this too. But I mean, imagine this headline said Donald Trump Jr., okay? Donald Trump Jr.'s gun was found in a dumpster near a school. Secret Service tried to cover it up. Except it wasn't Donald Trump Jr., was it? It was, it was Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's gun was found in a dumpster behind a grocery store across from a high school. And Secret Service agents went to the store that Hunter Biden bought the gun from and asked for the paperwork from the sale. I'm a quote from Politico for you here. The gun owner refused to supply the paperwork suspecting that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter's ownership of the missing gun in case it were to be involved in a crime. Days later, the gun was returned by an older man who regularly rummages through the grocery store's trash to collect recyclable items. Extraordinary. I haven't, I haven't further words for it. And then finally, I want to bring to your attention something that we'll be publishing later on today. It's not up right now as I'm recording. It will probably be up by the time you listen to this up at the Pulse. And that is the story of Harry Markle. I'm not going to call him Prince Harry. Harry Markle, has, he's going to work for this um, disinformation, anti-disinformation group run by the Aspen Institute. He's alongside Katie Couric and Rashad Robinson, far-left activist. Chris Krebs, the guy that came out against Trump after the election, said, there's no voting fraud. False. And then, and then Harry Markle, right? So here's the deal, <laughs> to quote Joe Biden. Days after lying and being caught lying about your early marriage to Megan in your Oprah interview. In other words, spreading disinformation on a global scale on a massive show in every single news outlet that covered it, which was every single news outlet, days after doing that, he gets handed an anti-disinformation job. We are down the rabbit hole now. We are through the looking glass. And there's one more part of that story that you please go and read it. Even even if you don't want to read it, please go to the nationalpulse.com, click around, share our stories, find ones you do want to read and you are interested in, share them. It's it's imperative for our existence that you do that, right? Click 20 times, 30 times, 40 times. You know, we're not the size of the New York Times. We need your clicks. We need your shares. The other part of the story is that the center is funded 
by the Craigslist founder. A group called Craig Newmark Philanthropies. Craig Newmark was the founder of Craigslist. So what, Raheem? What does it matter if Craig Newmark is funding the center? Craig Newmark, Craig Newmark's Craigslist has been used for human sex trafficking. We are through the looking glass. Where people who have profited from human sex trafficking and people who spread lies around the world are now in charge of anti-disinformation efforts. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Right? Those are the words of the party in Orwell's 1984. Alright, well, I really really enjoyed doing this with you ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed it too please share the podcast rate it on your podcast platform of choice apple spotify leave us a comment a review share it with your friends head on over to the nationalpulse.com share our articles our exclusives our investigations we don't do it for our health And if you're so inclined, go to fundrealnews.com. I thank Dave for joining us at the top of the show. If you want to be one of our Discord chat channel members and perhaps come on this show with me, that's fundrealnews.com. And I'll see you again the next time something interesting happens. Have a good one.